Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. Well, it's been a tough go out of it for the Nationals over the past couple of days, uh, losing two to Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay at the Trop and being outscored 12 nothing, out hit, only measuring five hits for the Nationals. Yee. And uh, Paul, we're back on the Mass and Alexis podcast. Paul Mancano, Bobby Blanco, and um, you know these are the episodes we don't look forward to doing. <laughs> it's not they're not as much fun. I the don't think. Episodes, yeah, the losing episodes. Yeah, the losing episodes. Tough go at it in Tampa Bay. I know it's very frustrating for a lot of fans. Um, you know, doing the social media that we do here at Masson um, and stuff. You see all the all the reactions, um, and you know it's this team's supposed to be better, but they're going through some hard times, like any team does. It's a long yeah. it's a long season. What, what, what did you see, Paul, out of this? Two game, two mini game series in in Tampa. Not a lot of good things, unfortunately. Not a lot of good um, things. Offensively is definitely the biggest uh, biggest issue. You mentioned the five hits, zero runs. Um, it's frustrating, especially when you see the the um, you know the game uh, a couple days ago with Geo pitching. Obviously, he got shelled. Um, obviously, probably his worst start of the season. Um, that is probably easier to swallow because those kind of games are just. You know the offense isn't going to do a whole lot because there's you know by the third inning you're out of it, um, so you can't expect you know an 11 run comeback. It's frustrating to see Max Scherzer have another great start wasted, um, giving up just one run against uh, you know a team that um, does not put up a whole lot, and yet the offense isn't there to back him. Um, that was frustrating uh, because. He took the loss in that game, and a game that he should does not deserve to take the loss in, and he has not gotten a whole lot of run support the last few weeks, and it's that those are frustrating because that's your ace going out there and giving you his best, and you can't back him. I think it's it's very frustrating because, like you said, they got shelled. Geo got shelled on on Monday night. Yeah, the the Nats lose eleven nothing. You know, it's a colorful game, but you know, one of the things about baseball is like, he's all right. There's always tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow's a new day, and. You know, Monday night after that game, you're saying to yourself, if you're a Nats fan, okay, well, we got Max going tomorrow. So that's going to at least, that's a that's a W, right? It has to be a W. Yeah. He's with the best pitcher in the league right now against a sub-500 team like the Rays. Um, and a team, you know, he used to pitch in the American League, so a team he might be a little familiar with or at least in that ballpark. Yeah. And Max gave up only one earned run. And, and it was early, but he, he, you know, it wasn't a stellar Max Scherzer outing. He only got four strikeouts over seven innings. But still, you know, he gave you what you expected of him, seven solid innings. Yeah. And, you know, if you look back into Max's past couple of uh, outings, you know, starting with Tampa Bay and going backwards, uh, one earned run, two earned runs, two earned runs, two earned runs, two earned runs. When was the last time he gave up three? I mean, just just gave up four against Miami in Miami on May 25th. So we're now at June 27th. <laughs> He's given up three or le- no, sorry, two or less over his last six outings, I believe. Yes, yeah, six outings, and the Nationals are. By the way, that was the two old- and three in those games. That's correct. no, sorry, he is two and three in those games. The Nationals are three and three in those games. So. Y- you know, you yeah. figure you get Max out there, he gives you a quality start and then yeah. some. 
you'd be able to pull off a W, but there'll only be 500 in those games. That's got to be incredibly frustrating for this offense. By the way, that's the only time all season, all season, that one outing that you mentioned in May, that he's given up more than two earned runs. That is incredible. That is absolutely wild. The The amount of consistency that he's been able to, to put out there, and he's throwing at least 100 pitches in all but three of his starts. So he's going deep into these games. He's gone... He's gone five innings just once all season. He's gone six innings just twice all season. Every other start has been at least more than... Yeah. At least seven. Into the seventh. Yeah. That one outing where he gave up four against Miami is the only reason his ERA is above two. That is wild. He's at 204 after last night. It would be below two if he didn't go up four runs. And that's like an average outing for like a major league baseball player. You know, you would take that. If yeah. you know, so there's some teams out there who are like, oh, oh, if you gave me six innings and four runs, yeah, we'll take that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that gives us a chance. No, he's done better than that. Yeah, that's and it wasn't the same. You know, this was a very different story of the first month of the season. First month, he was five and one. He got, um, you know, four straight wins to end the month. Won his first start, lost the second one, uh, in in which he, by the way, just allowed two two earned runs. So and, and as of late, he you know went didn't have a loss in May. It's just this June swell offensively that has really hurt him. And I went back and I dug up some of the uh, offensive stats that are um, comparing this June to last June. You may remember June was their best month offensively last season. Yes, they hit forty four homers, which was the most by any, of any se- of any month that season. They batted two eighty as a team uh, in twenty eight games. This June, we're 22 games in, so six fewer than they they had last season at this, uh, you know, uh, for the month of June. They just have 12 homers as compared to 44, and they're hitting 228. The first couple months of the season, they hit right around 241, which is not great. But 228 is a team and 12 homers. You're not going to win a lot of games. No. You're hitting a quarter of the homers you hit last year yeah. in, in this month, which is tough. Um, and not to mention that the Nationals this year have already been shut out as many times as they were all of 2017. That's why. So that is not a good sign that we're not even halfway through the season yet. Um, not to the All-Star break, and you've already been shut out as many times yeah. as last season. That's not going to work. I'm going back to Max Scherzer. I'm looking. You mentioned how long he's how deep he's gone into games, how many times. He's gone eight or more three times. Two of those have been shutouts. <laughs> so he went, he did a complete game shutout back in April against the Braves, and then he also had another eight-in-outing eight-inning outing where he gave up no runs against the Orioles in here at Camden Yards. So, I mean, the guy is, is just so unbelievable. Paul, Yeah, I, I don't want to dwell too much on these two games in, in Tampa Bay because they were so bad. But So let's let's go to shift gears in terms of topics. Is Max Scherzer, he's going to win the Cy Young. Is he an MVP candidate in, I the, think in the National League? Is he the front runner right now? Uh, at this point, I think probably. I don't know if he's the front runner because I don't know if you can say any pitcher is the front runner. It's tough. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just it's tough to to automatically say that. Um, I mean, some of the other guys um, that would probably be up there with him. There's nobody that can keep, compare with him in terms of pitchers. Um, I mean, offensively, who would even be some of the guys that you would throw up there? I'm gonna be looking at that, Rog. No, why is they not showing me the National League? Um, so Clayton Kershaw was the last pitcher. Mm-hmm. In the, to be right. named the MVP in the National League. That was back in 2014. So it has happened recently. So yeah. um, we should probably take a look at some, compare those numbers from Clayton's year that year and then Geo. I mean, sorry, Max's this year. But I'm looking in um, 
uh, the National League leaders like uh, Nick Barcagas is having a really good year. He is. Uh, Freddie Freeman is having a great year for the yeah. Braves too. So there's some there's some candidates there. Um, but Brandon Crawford of the Giants, but the Giants aren't really yeah. a winning team right now. Let's see how long the Braves can. I think the Braves are legit, but let's see how long they can sustain the success. You yeah. know, but they might have hit their plateau, so to speak. Nolan Arenado is Arenado is another guy. Joey Votto, Votto uh, yeah. continues. I mean, he actually had a slump recently, but he's kind of getting yeah. back on and track. The, and the Reds are actually looking okay, which is uh, you know something. Good. I, I believe Scooter Gannett, by the way, leads the um, National League in batting average, which is saying something. I mean, he is hitting 334, but there have not been a terrible amount of offensive, which speaks to the larger trend of baseball in general. We're hitting a low point in terms of batting average, a high point in terms of strikeouts. At this point, if there's a year for a pitcher to win Cy Young, or to win MVP, it's probably this year. It's probably It has to be this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, he's just... I don't know what his war is, but also... You, t- you throw out the win loss, like again, the Nationals are only three and three in his last outings when he's yeah. been amazing. Um, is it weird for me, to, like, because again they played at the Trop, so it's an American League ballpark. You use a DH. Is it weird for me to think? Kind of wish Max got some at bats yesterday because we've seen him come <laughs> up. We've seen him come up clutch a couple of times, which is sad. But which yeah. is sad. It is sad, but also kind of cool for Max. And we know how much he loves to compete. Yep. You know how much he loves. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's Dave Martinez has said multiple times that he's. Max is taking swings on his off day in the batting cage during a game because he comes out like, well, you might need me to pinch hit. Yeah. It's like, well, Max, maybe not. But, <laughs> you know, is that so weird for me to say, like, you know, kind of wish Max got a chance to have bat yesterday. Right. And how much should hitting factor into an MVP race for a pitcher? That's, well, that's, I mean. Yeah. So are you saying that it's impossible for an American League pitcher to win MVP just because they don't have as much of a factor no. on the game? No. I wouldn't say that. But, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at the NL MVP – because Justin Verlander won MVP in the American League back in 2011. Right, yeah. I, 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 so the, yeah. So I, just looking at it from a National League standpoint, does that help him? So if you're, if you're comparing— I think it can only help him. Uh, yeah. I, I, if you're, it can't hurt him. If, yeah. he, if he had two hits this season, uh, you know, and he, but he still was pitching lights out and he looked like the best player, I think you, you give it to him because that doesn't matter. Right. But this—I mean, can you use this as legitimate evidence— for the for the MVP for the most valuable player, yes, absolutely. I think you because can because it it shows another way in which he impacts the game. Yeah, and is helping his team again. We can have this debate as we get closer to the actual voting yeah, of these exactly, awards, but exactly. I take real issue with the quote unquote MVP awards because yeah. you spell it out: most valuable player. Which player was most valuable to his team? Yeah, and I go back to 2016 when Daniel Murphy finished second to Chris Bryant. I made the argument that. On the formerly known District 34 podcast, Daniel Rest Murphy was more valuable to the Nationals yeah. than Chris Bryant was to the Cubs. Chris Bryant had a great season, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But without Daniel Murphy, I don't think the Nationals make the playoffs that year. And Chris Bryant was on that stacked team that obviously went on to win the World Series. Right. If Chris Bryant had half the season that he had, the Cubs still would have won their division and still probably would have won the World Series. Yeah. He was just, I mean, the team was stacked, so he wasn't as valuable to the team right. as Daniel Murphy was. I think Max Scherzer is the most valuable t- player to the Nationals than any other player is to the, his prospective team yeah. in the National League at this moment. As evidenced by the fact that he has, you know, leads the league in strikeouts and he he continues to turn in these consistent performances. The problem is he just hasn't gotten the wins to back him up, as we mentioned. But that also shouldn't play a part of it because you know we, everyone talks yeah. about how win loss record isn't yeah. a thing. Um, other topics, by the way, uh, you know the offense, and I was trying to look at 
why exactly the offense has been struggling. We know about the injuries. We know Ryan Zimmerman has been injured. We know Matt Wieters has been injured. And even though Wieters was far from productive last season, uh, Pedro Severino has not been great. Severino's batting 172, no homers. Looked at the beginning of the year like he might be the catcher of the future, potentially. He hasn't been that. Uh, and we were talking about, you know, remember when this team had Miguel Montero in training camp and we thought he might take that backup catcher job from Severino and it never happened. Um, at this point, obviously plenty of time before the trade deadline. We're still in June. Uh, but you got to think Mike Rizzo is already uh, looking at the catcher market um, uh, for a potential trade. Yeah, because uh, I believe Matt Wieters is in, on schedule to at least be close to coming back until mid to late August. Right. And at that point, it might be too little too late. Yeah. So we've seen him make a move, obviously, with the bullpen, um, adding Kelvin Herrera. Yep. So early. I, I, I would have to imagine that Mike Rizzo is already diving into the catcher market. He, there's no way he's not. Yeah. Because that's – and we can get into this a little bit too. What's their biggest need right now? I would say catcher just because they need some offensive production from that spot. Yep. And they haven't got We can any. talk about the struggles everywhere – um, across the board, but the catcher position has been literally the one the one position you know is just not contributing to this lineup. Like you said, Severino with 172. Spencer Keyboom, I mean, we know kind of what he is. He's only hitting 206. He only has seven hits and only one extra base hit in his yeah. 14 games. That's just not going to get it done at the major league level. And it's no fault of their own, um, but Severino pretty much beat out Montero in spring training. And then, of course, the Nats needed to make room to bring up Moises Sierra when Adam Eaton went down. Yep. So the, it was kind of a roster. It wasn't really Montero's fault. It was just a roster decision that had to be made. Um, you know, I'm looking at... I'm going to take a look south, Paul. Looking at the guy we actually just saw and know very well. <laughs> oh, who could you be talking about? The Buffalo. Yeah. Wilson Ramos. I mean, this guy is having another great year, which is also good to see because he had such a great year in 2016 for the Nationals, suffered that horrible injury right before the playoffs, and then kind of had to sit out for half of last season and pretty much a DH for the second half. And now he's back fully. He's played 59 games at catcher, which is good to see that, you know, his knee's healthy enough to play catcher. Yep. He's slashing 292, 338, 465. Um, with 11 homers and 39 RBIs in 65 games. I mean, he's one of the best catchers out there. And then, you know, if that proves to be not in the cards, we already know that the Nationals have been interested in the Marlins' JT Real Muto. Yeah. So he's having a great year, too. He's hitting 308 with 10 homers <laughs> and 32 RBIs. So there are options out there. Both of those teams, you would definitely the Marlins. I don't know how trading within the division would work out. Well, uh, I also remember this is a guy who made it clear at the beginning of the before the season started he didn't really want to be there. Um, in JT Realmuto, he wanted to get, he wanted out. He wanted right. to get out because that team was in the midst of a fire sale. Yeah, uh, and they said, "Nope, you're you're staying put." And any package that the Marlins are going to want back is going to have to include a Robles, uh, a Soto. Yeah, and Rizzo's already said they're untouchable. Yeah, and I think the I think the Marlins for this guy at least are, <laughs> despite the fact that they've been giving away their players for basically nothing. They're going to want something back, I think, for this guy, for whatever reason they value him more. Um, yeah, it's going to have to have something of value. Obviously, Soto is, at this point, untouchable. I think He's in your lineup every day. You can't trade one I, of your... He's yeah. also one of the only guys hitting. Yeah, exactly. I think as prospects go, and he's basically not a prospect anymore, Soto is untouchable. And also, how beyond, much... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, beyond that, I mean, who, who do you look at? Robles? But, but he's injured. Exactly. And that was what I was going to say before I cut you off, is how much does Robles' stock take a hit now that yeah. he's been hurt and not played half the year? 
Um, you know, obviously he's a top talent. He's the Nationals' number one prospect. Yeah, he was a he would be playing with the Nationals right now had he not gotten hurt. But we would wouldn't know his production. Would he be similar? Yeah, to Victor uh, to Juan Soto. Excuse me. Juan Soto has now six home runs, and Victor Robles has never homered in a game before in the major leagues. Which he also didn't play a whole lot. <laughs> but he, he have a but lot. he got there first. Yeah, rightfully so. But he got there first. And Juan Soto hit his first major league start. He had a home run. Right, but so. they still obviously believe in this kid long term. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I and would they like to think, him. and I would like to think they would want to keep him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially for a certain player hitting free agency this year. Yeah, um, and that you know could be a, could be a hole uh, in the next. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, Real Mudo, uh, Wilson Ramos, definitely. You got to believe. Um, Mike Rizzo is working the phones when it comes to catchers. Yeah. Um, Severino has definitely struggled. Another guy that has struggled given you know considering although small sample size daniel murphy just 13 games he's hitting 200 just one extra base hit but he is starting to turn the swing around i think that when he first came back up it was very clear that something was not right with him not not right but he just wasn't back in the swing of things which is expected expected the guy who had no spring training and didn't have a whole lot of time to rehab uh at the minor league level his swing i believe is turning around Bobby, do you think by the end of the year he can be hitting over 300 like he has the past two seasons? I, I definitely believe so because, like you, I've seen, I've liked what I've seen of from him over the yeah. past couple. You know, he looks more comfortable at the plays, way more patient. He had a really nice opposite opposite field bloop in the ninth inning against the Rays yesterday when they needed it. I mean, the guy comes up clutch. He's a guy you can trust to get a hit when you need him. Um, he's a Obviously, a strong attended bat. He, he's one he's of those. Hits. He's, he's, hits. he's hits. He's, he's hits. hits. That was a great twit. That was a great twit. A great twit. Yeah. God, can we say that word on this podcast? Twit, tweet. Yeah, Murphy. Uh, I like what he's seen from him. He's one of those guys. He's a student of the game, always, especially hitting. And so, it's just a matter of time of game. Those reps facing major league pitching. Yeah. Um, and just getting back into the not to be punny here, but swing of things. Yeah, and some other guys. You know, we saw uh, last year part of the. Let's let's remember last year injuries were just as much a factor as they are this season, yeah. if not more. Yeah. Uh, and this is a team last year that was missing Jason Worth for an extended amount of time. Uh, you know they missed Bryce Harper at the end of the season. Trey Turner for extended. Trey Turner for an extended amount of time. So there goes your speed as well on the base paths, and they had to rely on the likes of Howie Kendrick. Uh, you know mm, some of the other guys. Oh, they had uh, Brian Gouin, but then he got hurt too. Yes. Um, Victor Robles got called up. Yeah. And he, you know, Bryce Harper's MVP-type season up until he got hurt, and then Ryan Zimmerman's renaissance season that pretty yeah. much carried them because they faced so many injuries. Exactly. Um, and now no one's really having those type of seasons this year. Like, the best hitter right now is a 19-year-old, yeah. Juan Soto. And Anthony Rendon, uh, you know, is hanging in there. He, he gets hits every once in a while, but, you know, he's not having, you know, a top-five MVP finish like he did in 2014 or even a couple years ago. Um, yeah, it's just an overall struggle for this team and that the offense well, is not coming around and it's yeah. getting increasingly frustrating. It has to be for them too. You know, you they're in third place in the National League East. They're three and a half games behind the Braves. They're a half game behind the Phillies who they're seeing this weekend mm-hmm. um, in Philly, which is a big four-game series. I'll be there for that. The Madison All Access will be there for that. Um, and so you kind of wonder, you know, Paul, are these games against the Phillies coming up like almost must-wins or – you know, do you have to win the series? Do you feel like to get more comfortable before the All Star break, or because if you go in and lose three out of four to the Phillies and you continue to fall, yeah, that would, that's not going to be not would, great, Bob. Not great, Bob. Indeed, it would definitely look bad. But I mean, like I was saying, it, it's it, 
you, you just don't you're missing so many of the utility guys that came up big last year adam land got replaced by matt adams adams goes down he was yep. hitting great before you yep. know howie kendrick goes down so there goes your backup left fielder and backup second baseman and mark reynolds has cooled off mark mark yeah exactly uh but you can't rely on reynolds to carry you through it he's a utility guy at this yeah. point in his career um but yeah uh, the the series with philly is all of a sudden a big series they're only four games over 500 i believe the phillies after that series win in dc overtook them for second in the division Mm-hmm. Um, Braves still running away with it. Um, the Nationals certainly still have a very good chance of winning the division by season's end, and we know by no means out of it. Uh, by no means out of it, and we know that a lot can change. One after the All Star break, and two after the trade deadline. Yes. Um, so I still think I, you know, I we thought at the beginning of the season this team would be uh, the best team in the division by season's end. I still believe that. But at this point, they're just running out of time. I mean, the more that you – and there's a psychological factor, I think, to this. The more that you allow the Braves to have such a strong lead in the division, the more that you allow the Phillies to uh, be ahead of you in the standings in the NL East, I think that gives them a little bit more confidence. I mean, these, these are young teams yes. for the most part. Um, and I feel like a lot of those teams can kind of lose confidence early in the season if they're out of it and just say, screw it. Yeah. Um, but if they're still in it by season's end and by August, by July, they could say, hey, we can win this thing. Yeah. We're not out of it. We're not buried in the standings. We're currently leading the team that everybody said was more talented than we are. Yep. So the more that you let this drag on, the worse it gets, I think. Yeah. Uh, and it's just tough because they're, they still don't have the pieces right now that are healthy to overtake them. Um, but the more that they let it drag on, the worse it gets. I also think, you know, from a pure standing standpoint, after having lost two out of three in your home ballpark this yeah. past weekend, that makes it even more important to now have to go into their hometown and beat them yeah. on their home turf. Because along those lines, you don't want to give them confidence. You don't want to, after losing two out of three, now lose three out of four um, to the Phillies and give them that confidence. Be like, we can play with these guys. We're not supposed to, but we are. Yeah, yeah. And and so when you com- come down the stretch in August and it's a pennant race or September, you know, these guys are going to be playing hard. You, you know, I've said the past couple of years, the Nationals need to win their games within the division. Knock them out of it early so that way it's not close. Or that yeah. way, you you know, they don't have this confidence in yeah. August after the trade deadline, you know. Um, um, yeah, I think you're right. And you look at how they've done against the division – Two and four against the Mets, uh, and the Mets are absolutely floundering. We know they played them earlier on when the Mets were a better team, but you got to win a lot of games against the Mets. Against the Phillies, haven't played them a whole lot, but they're three and three against the Phillies. Uh, and Miami, they're th- uh, no, no, yeah, three and zero oh against Miami. Yeah, so they still have to play Miami. They still have to play Miami sixteen more times. Yeah, so I was like, that seems like a shockingly yeah, they've only played that one, yeah. that one series. Um, and uh, against the Atlanta Braves, four and six. That's the most important number right yep. now. Uh, how they do against the Braves will probably tell the tale by the end of the season. What do you think the Phillies and Braves do at the trade deadline? Because, like we said, these are two teams that aren't supposed to be here this year. They're a year early. They're yeah. kind of like this year's versions of 2017's Yankees. Yeah. You know, the Yankees weren't supposed to be that good last year. Yeah. They were. Do you kind of go all – I mean, we'll see where they're at come july 31st but you kind of go all right let's go all in yeah we have a 
plethora of young prospects to trade to go get what we need to fill out, you know, our rotation or bullpen, whatever it may be? Um, or do you say, you know what, we're stocked, we're built for the future, let's build on that, and let's try to play it out? Uh, that, I think, also goes back to the point of if they're still in it, you know, the longer you let this thing drag out, the worse it yeah. gets. Because if they, if the Nats had a few game lead in the NL East at this point over both these teams, I think a lot of those teams take that perspective, the long view, yeah. to say, look, even if we we're get not help, catch them. yeah, even if we get help at midseason, odds are we're not going to catch them, and it's just not worth it. And let's just hold on to the guys we have. We're, we'll get them next year. Yeah. At this point, I think the the hungrier they are going to get as they get closer to the end of the season, they're still leading. Maybe their front office starts to say, we can not only can we win this division, maybe we I'll can make it. a push. Yeah. Because you never know when it comes to the playoffs. It's just a matter of getting there. Yeah, right. Um, we've seen wild card teams win it before plenty of times. So it's just a matter of getting there. And I think with the the Braves, they're a team that still has a lot of young talent in the, the farm system, as much as people would hate to, you know, Nats fans would hate to hear it. The Braves are loaded not just for this year, but for years to come. Yeah, um, and since 2012, the only teams that have won the division outside of Washington are Atlanta and New York. Yeah. So the Phillies haven't won the division in, in now since coming on seven. Yeah. yeah. No, 2011. But 2011. Yeah, rather, so yeah. now coming on seven years. Yeah. So it's kind of like, all right, well, let's get back yeah. to winning. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I, I honestly wonder how much does the Eagles winning the Super Bowl kind of you know, Carry winning over. is now yeah. in that town, kind of like the Caps here in D.C. Yeah. Winning is now in that town. You know, let's keep it. The, let's keep it going. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe a little bit. I mean, I'm I'm from Philly. I'm not. I don't live there currently, but I kind of have a pretty good pulse of stuff that's going on. I think that definitely has a factor. Everybody in Philadelphia has their eyes on Manny Machado. It's all they talk about when they wake up. They kiss a poster of Manny Machado and say, "One day, one day." Uh, it's frankly a little weird, but also they have <laughs> a point. They could get Manny Machado. I don't think they're going to make a, a deal. At the deadline, that's what you know. Everybody's kind of waiting to see is where is Machado going to go. Um, if he goes into the, if he does go to the Phillies, they're going to have to give up a lot midseason. Uh, so I think they'll hold off on him. I think if the Phillies do make some upgrades at the trade deadline, they'll look for bullpen help, and I don't think they're going to give up any of their their young pieces. So I, I while they are hungry for wins, and while they did sign some veteran pieces so that they could win now. Um, I think they still have the long view. I think they still want to sign Manny Machado in the offseason, and I think they still uh, want to try to win the division next year because this has been a surprise for both the Braves and the Phillies. They were hoping to win this year, but most people were saying, yeah. Not maybe. like this, though. Like yeah. They were hoping to be above 500. Exactly. If they finished— Not ahead of the Nationals and the standings. Exactly. If they finished with wins in the you know 86 to 89 range, right. they would have been happy. At this point— uh, the division is still on the table. And I think they're a little bit surprised, but I think they're going to take the long view. It's a tricky game to play, too, because if you're a buyer, the longer you wait, the more expensive yeah. they become. If you're a seller, obviously you want to hold on longer because you'll be able to get more in return for your star players, right. like, like a Machado. So, I mean, I, I go back to Mike Rizzo's move for Kelvin Herrera. That makes that move so much more you know, glamorous and like a smart move because... He gave up very little for a lot, and yeah. Calvin Herrera would have cost a lot of prospects or, you know, quote-unquote money, whatever, at the trade deadline because of how great of a season he's having. So it's a tough game. I'm sure it's also tough because we said, you know, do you buy or do you sell? 
or not sell, but do you buy or do you wait? Yeah, or do you stand pat? And so you kind of have to make the decision kind of earlier because the longer you wait, the more expensive it's going to be. Yeah. So if you're going to go make a move now, or if you're going to make a move, try and do it now so you're not giving up so much from your your farm system and on these top prospects that you've accumulated over the past couple of years. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I fascinating stuff. I think and baseball great. Of the three, I think the one thing we can say is of the three teams, I would put my money on the Nats being the most active at the trade deadline because they are sure shooting trying to win right now. All right. On that note, what do they need to improve? Catching. I think catching is their number one priority. Yeah, but then also, I think you have to look at the starting pitching, and which is crazy to say when really? you look at the names. Steven Strasburg's been hurt. He hasn't pitched. Gio Gonzalez and Tanner Rourke have been very subpar over their past couple of outings. Can you trust them to turn it around yes. in the second half? Yes. Um, I'm not concerned about Steven Strasburg. I know he's been hurt, but... He, I'm not saying... I'm not cons- I wasn't you're being concerned about... Your are still the best in baseball. Right, I, I but think. Strasburg hasn't pitched in coming up on a month now, yeah. I think. Um, and it's more so Gio... We're getting Jeremy Hellickson back yeah. this, this weekend in Philly, which will be fun. Um... It's more so Geo and Tanner. Like, we're not getting... The Nationals aren't getting what yeah. they expected out of them. Um, Tanner... Geo, I'm not worried about. Geo started off great, but right. he's had like a terrible June. He is. It's this June. It's this June that's really kicking the yeah. Nats' butt. I'm, I'm, to me, it doesn't... My concern over that doesn't warrant... Going to get a starter. Going to get a starter. It doesn't. I don't think you need to replace Geo Gonzalez. I don't think you need to... And maybe, you know, you're looking at a three and maybe bumping him down. Um, Tanner Roark, I'm certainly more worried about because he has had good years and he has had bad years. The other thing about Gio, we saw last year, doesn't really matter how great he pitches in the regular season. For whatever reason, he struggles in the postseason. Yep. Um, which is concerning. And the only thing I think, though, because you were invested in him, he's your three starter at this point, I, th- I think you just got to roll the dice with him. And I don't, Roark, maybe look at having an improvement over him, but. I don't think you're going to get anybody who's a better fourth starter than Tanner Roark without giving up a ton at the deadline. It's just, it's just going to be a matter of what they want to give up. Um, I think we both agree that yeah. catcher is their number one priority right now. I think they roll with these four guys in the yeah in the postseason. Yeah, well, I also see what Jeremy Hollison can do when he gets back. You yeah, know, and um, Steven Strasburg's return will be a sight for sore eyes. This um, is true. Um, other than that. Got to wait for Ryan Zimmerman to get back healthy. I think the, the curious there's a long line. The curious thing is when he does get back healthy, can he be Ryan Zimmerman? Can he be Ryan Zimmerman? Can he be, will it be Ryan Zimmerman of 2017 or 2016? And where is Daniel Murphy going to go? Is he going to go back to second base? He's going to have to. And how's he going to look when he goes there? Uh, well, hopefully, these are that, all the questions. These but. are all the questions. How, hopefully, by that point, his knee will be a little better, where he can move side to side. Which is, you know, kind of important for a second baseman. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit of lateral movement, always yeah, good for you. That'd be, um, that'd, that'd be nice. That's going to be the really interesting thing to see. And, it, you know, Davey Martinez hasn't pressed it. He hasn't um, given him an extended look at second base yet. But maybe Mike Rizzo wants to see it because he needs to say, do I need to start to look at this? Yep, do that's I need true. To, and do we need to sit down and have a conversation of, what do we do with Danny Murphy? Where do we put him? Where do we play him? Is he even playable at second base in the postseason? A lot of questions that need to be answered over the next month or so, and not only in Washington, D.C., but throughout the National League East. Yeah. And uh, we'll be here covering it the entire way. I'm excited for the trade deadline because I think there's going to be a lot of so big mo- away, but, you know. a lot of big moves coming around. Yeah. Um, Paul, like you mentioned earlier, he and Masson All Access will be in Philly this weekend for the National Series against the Phillies, so yep. be sure to check them out starting Thursday night. Um, 
Yeah. That's we'll, Madison Nationals on Facebook and at Paul Mancano on Twitter. Live from Citizens Bank Park. That'll be fun. A big series, like we mentioned earlier. Yeah. It's it's an important series. You don't want to call a series in the end of June an important one, but it's shaping up to be that. Um, and, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Any other plugs? At Bobby underscore Blanco on Twitter. At Paul Mancano on Twitter. Uh, we're saying each other's Twitter handles. To be clear, I am Paul. He is Bobby. I am Bob. Um, um, yeah. The podcast can be found on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Please rate, review, subscribe. Spread the word. Let us know what you think. And um, we'll talk to you guys later.